Run from the Might of Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John. Hello. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, what's keeping you awake late at night? Sins. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's about the size of it, you know. Yeah, I think it's the general shape. Okay. Yeah, Just, like stay up to the point of exhaustion if you have one of those. It's fine. That's that's true, actually. Just have to make yourself hit the wall. If I do, that's, also that's true. a future RJ problem. <laughs> that's not your problem. That's morning RJ's problem. <laughs> yeah, Damn. that's true. <laughs> and you don't even know if that guy's gonna be around. You know what I mean? So just you know, true. you do you first. Nothing's promised, RJ. You know, nothing. Maybe I should try that for a week, though. Like, no, oh. for real. I try and have a decent bedtime, but I also don't drink caffeine. Like, I've mostly sworn off caffeine. The only mm. caffeine I take is from Pure Leaf Low Cal Peach Tea. And I have one of those a day. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's a shit ton of caffeine, like a coffee or something. But maybe mm-hmm. I do just stay up late to the point where I'm exhausted. I fall into my bed at, like, two in the morning and I wake up with my alarm and then the first thing I do is I drink like three cups of coffee. Oh my gosh. That sounds sustainable. That's a private detective grind. I mean, if you want to do that for a week, like definitely, but you're going to fuck yourself up like for sure. Like I don't fucking sleep already anyways. (laughs) Do you wake up in the middle of the night? So goddamn much. I do too. Mm, Maybe you need to change your bed situation. Maybe. I could go back to the two pillows. Yeah. I don't know. I've I I do think um if I do wake up in the middle of the night, like what keeps me awake, I I would probably just I don't know, I just like you're just up, you know what I mean? And then you just like start thinking. Um the hardest part and the hardest lesson I've learned is like whatever you do, do not go on your phone because it'll just oh. make it like way worse. It's like do not do it. Like oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. tempting because you're like, oh, you know, what I'll do is like I'll just browse something for like ten minutes and then I'll go back to bed. But like, N- no, the, never, no. It, and it, whether or not you stay on there is like inconsequential. Like any amount of like that kind of screen time and just like, for me, I I've never had like good sleep after one of those moments where I've like woken up, never, um, and then got my phone. Mm-hmm. Never, yeah, ever, that- ever, ever after a night of drinking take a melatonin a it's bad for you oh, b God. fun fact the combination means you fall asleep and then wake up like two hours later fully awake i feel like that yeah i i feel like that just drinking a lot in general i don't sleep very well ever after i uh well alcohol messes with your uh cycle yeah that is actually that's something i've always noticed like no matter what i always wake up early after i've drank like i like i will say like i'll wake up uh, circadian rhythm 
I'll wake up initially early, but that doesn't mean I won't somehow like get tired and fall back asleep. Hang being hungover is the worst. I hate it. Like I used to be able to I used to be able to deal, you know, but now I fucking can't. You're getting old. That's because you old. decided that you'd rather just powerhouse through the worst hangovers possible instead of becoming a strategic alcoholic. <laughs> That's true. I relied on brute force quite a bit to get me through my days. Um, and I still occasionally do. Stop earlier, but still drink the same amount. Wow, this is some real, this is some genuine life advice here. Because then yeah, you have I should, time to drink water. And eat. That, see, and that's a problem too, is like, I've always, I think it's because I've been like, when I have drank a lot, um, which that's happened more times i'd like to recall like in the past like half a decade like i you always enter that state of mind where you're like i can't drink water or else like my like i'm gonna kill my buzz but the more i've like tried to experiment with it it's like no it's not really true and like like the problem is too is like i do i'm sure like i'm sure that there's evidence behind this but like the more alcohol you drink like the more dehydrated you actually like get the thirstier you get so like the more you're gonna drink so you should just drink water anyway because you're thirsty anyway and it's probably like you're gonna end up in like a shitty spot if you all you drink is alcohol especially to satiate like that kind of dehydration did it take you five years to figure this out it took me it didn't feel (laughs) like five years it felt like millennia of mistakes um (laughs) but yeah it did this is the shit i was learning in the first weeks of being 21 yeah see the problem is is that like the friend group that i drank with like and this is also my i have a theory on like um your drinking habits and my my theory is and i i think it's kind of basic but it's like i believe that the the initial like um months of i'd say the initial months of like your like how you drank first um you know starting out when you're really actually starting out drinking regularly like, I believe that that in some way imprints on you and, like, basically creates formative habits that you carry with you um, for not forever, but definitely, like, they stick with you for, like, longer than one would think because you just fall into habits. And my friend group that I was with in college, like, we did not really, like, take breaks. We started out mainly just, like, because quite a few of us were um, underage. Like, we were 20, you know? Yeah. So we would just drink... Um, at somebody's house you know or whatever allegedly um <laughs> off the record <laughs> off the record and allegedly that's what i heard some people would do you know um but yeah i mean it is it is what it is but yeah i, I didn't learn how to be strategic i think it's because i kind of i'm sure that those lessons were being taught when i may or may not have been doing that stuff but i may or may not have listened um but yeah, so I guess you just found the answer as to what keeps me up at night. Look at that. It's all those thoughts. <laughs> Damn. That's, uh, that's a lot. Enough to fill a book or two. Yeah. Also the nightmares. Also the not. I haven't had like a nightmare in quite some time. Actually, that is not true. I didn't have a nightmare, but I definitely thought somebody was standing in my doorway watching me um, when I like I was like half awake and half not. I've never had sleep paralysis, but I was like, 
do remember being like a little freaked out. I thought it was like a person. Um, but Last week, Friday morning at around 4.30, I awoke from a nightmare that was turning into a lucid dream because I dreamed I was running into a room and Marvel zombies were behind me and I closed the door and inside was, I want to say, Giant Man who was bitten and about to turn, but he was trying to open a portal to get me out. But as, like, a zombified saber-tooth broke into the room, I realized, like, wait a minute. They're in their comic book art forms. That means they can't be real. (laughs) 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 And thus you bent the nightmare to your will. Something's off. Something's not normal about these superhero (laughs) zombies, but I don't (laughs) quite know what. (laughs) They look 2D. (laughs) Wait a minute, they're cartoon characters. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. Um, Yeah. What what is like really quick? What is everybody's like? What is like a small but like very potent fear that you have? Like one that's like kind of it might even be kind of like illogical, but well, it's okay. like sticks with you. So it's not like our greatest fear. It's just like a small fear. Yeah, it's like spiders. yeah, like I okay spiders. Okay, like I've yeah. gotten better about it. Like um, if they're outside in nature, that's where they live. That's their home. I I will not invade their home. If those fuckers get inside my house, they forfeit their right to life. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Hey, that's fair. My rule is like, as hey, long as I, I don't, don't go in you. their home, they don't need to come in mine. Is it if nature is their home and you go into nature, aren't you technically in their no. home? No. No. <laughs> it's different. James, they have things like burrows. I don't go in their burrow. It's true. I don't go looking for their burrows. Hey, not all spiders, man. What do you mean, not all? <laughs> they don't no. all have burrows. You're right. Some, some of them have webs, and I stay out of their webs. That's true. It's very true. John, what about you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> oh, I have another Come small back to one. Me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I have the fear of I'll turn a book page and accidentally rip it. Oh, Just yeah. Like those ones. That's a very sweet fear. Yeah. That's just I'm a pain like, in the ass. Well, yeah. It's like, it's. Yeah, it's sad sometimes too. I have this, like, fear that I'm going to, like, wake up. And I'm going to look out my window. I'm just going to like see a face or even just like turning around <laughs> and like seeing a face like in the window. Just like, I think I'd die. I think like, so that's when I will give this disclaimer now. Like I, if somebody hears this and I've told this to people before and like if somebody ever pulls this shit on me, like I, I, I will I... be not only furious, but there's a good chance I might have a heart attack and you'll kill me. Like, I'm not even kidding. I, I think I don't even know what I would do. I, 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 had I think this I would hold on me once. Really? Yeah, and I, you guys might have been there. Um, I just don't remember clearly enough. But when I was like seven, maybe eight, uh, I had a Halloween party, and my dad paid the neighbor kid across the street while we were all sitting in the living room watching some like 
goofy Halloween, like, Winnie the Pooh thing. He came, he paid the neighbor kid to put on a hockey mask, come across the street with a machete and knock on the window. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember uh, this. Yeah. Oh. Good times. Uh, I'm uh, not afraid of anything. No fear. <laughs> I really can't think of one um, other than like spooky dark places. Like I don't like my basement. <sighs> that's one. Uh, I'd say that's one. It's not finished. Think. There's spiders down there. I Kill generally them. don't mind spiders, but like if I'm in their domain, ooh. <laughs> they own that domain. basement. It <laughs> is your domain. Get your flamethrower and reclaim mm-hmm. what is yours. Yeah, that'll bode well. The, for flames, the, rest will, of the, the flames will scare away the dark <laughs> and the spiders. And the house. <laughs> well, maybe the house should have been stronger and had no fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, every yeah. once in a while I worry about, like, a potential home intruder. Like... Someone could just snap and break into your house, and like, what can you really do to stop them? So locks, but I know, yeah, <laughs> locks. But there's like, there's something weirdly, and I know that this like, um, this isn't really necessarily true for like a lot of people who live like in apartments. But for some reason, I feel this like I actually feel kind of safe in an apartment complex. Like the idea of like a bunch of other people around me, but I also know like that's counting the idea idea that yeah like any one of them could be like a creep or like a home invader but and the whole bystander effect oh yeah like they could hear or see something going on they wouldn't do anything yep i feel like that's a little different like where you live i feel like you're a little more motivated to take action but maybe not that's just a gut feeling and i think it's dependent on the situation yeah that's true that's fair yeah I have the irrational fear that someday I will wake up and walk out the door and there will be no one else on the planet. Hmm. Like, Do you really have that as yeah, a fear? It's not a big yeah. one, but it's a little one that pops up sometimes, particularly on, like, because, like, I on a college, work on a college campus, so, like, in the summer and, like, spring break and stuff when no one's around, and you get to walk and you're like, ooh, there's no one around. <laughs> Really wish somebody would drive by so I knew there was another person on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't imagine you have that problem, James. (laughs) That I don't have. Oh, yeah. I I don't. Although I do, like, to be fair, sometimes in New York, you do turn down a street that's, like, all of a sudden incredibly quiet. There are these fascinating little pockets of silence that will spring up on little side streets and avenues in the city. Um, but I don't know. I guess, like, I don't even know what I would do, like, if you woke up one day and, like, you know, even if I wasn't in New York, just there was nobody. I mean... What would be the first thing you would do? Like, if you just, we'll say, like, after you slowly realize, like, you wake up somehow by mid morning, we'll say 10 30, 11, you're like, oh, wow, I don't think anyone is here. Like, I think everyone's gone. What do you do? Well, you use your phone to see if you can contact anybody else on the planet. Well, the idea of being that you've already, you've come to the conclusion by 10 30 or 11 in the morning that, like, you are alone for whatever reason 
Is it sad if I say I think I probably could go a couple days without realizing? <laughs> no, it just means you have a very vibrant internal life, my friend. That's a very polite way of saying it. Um, I mean, the fuck else do you do? You find the nicest house and you move all your shit. I think I find a bakery. I would definitely eat a cake, like for sure. Gonna <laughs> go bad anyway. You gotta. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's the most apocalyptic shit of like. <laughs> Oh, I gotta survive, but also, like, there's no really dangerous stuff that, like, normally makes apocalypses apocalyptic. So it's more just a matter of, like, alright, what uh, what's on the to-do list of things that I'll be able to survive past the first two years? It's true. The worst part would be night. Like, I understand in that situation, like, just putting myself in that thought, like, I understand why night would be so terrifying for like especially early human beings if they were like on their own. Yes, yeah, it's just so like so many dogs need homes, James. You just go around and find all the dogs. <laughs> you have all the dogs. Tr- <laughs> it's true. That's very true. Um Yeah, but how do you feed all of them? Like how do you keep you can't keep Walmart. a pack together. I mean it won't last you forever, but like you long won't. Enough, most of that meat most of that meat would go bad and like dog food, my dude. Oh yeah. It's true. And that's the other thing is like you gotta you gotta caravan up and you just head to the nearest city. Mm, you probably wanna head somewhere warmer. True. Just in case like electricity gives out. Yep. Yeah, you definitely wanna pick up some books and stuff, like survival books, but also like like the important stuff. Yeah. Like it, it again. It's post-apocalyptic without the things that make apocalypses hard, a.k.a. zombies, plagues, radiation, and other people. (laughs) (laughs) Namely other people. Namely other people, yeah. Hmm. Well, our next segment is... What's the point, man? Why do you go on? Why not? Uh, I got electricity for an X amount of time. I can catch up on all the video games. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's the goal it's like uh that one twilight zone episode where the dude uh is in the bank vault at the right time and the bomb goes off kills everyone else and he walks out and he's the only one left he's like ah finally i have time for my stories except of course it's the twilight zone so there's an ironic comeuppance and he drops his glasses and can't see to read it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> our next segment Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who wants to start? I can. Okay. Go for it. My recommendation this week is the band The Backseat Lovers. Oh. Oh my. They have good music. Um, But yeah. Uh, Specifically, their album Elevator Days. I guess it's more of an EP than an album. Whatever that means. But uh, the first song on it is just like super honest uh, story of their life and how they got to be a band, kind Mm. of. And it's just very touching. You know? I'll be right back. I gotta take a call. I love that. So what's their their kind of... um, It says rock. So what's their kind of sound? Like indie rock. Um, They're... uh, Instrumentation's really good. Lyrics are relatable. You know, it's just a good package. Um, if you look at their most popular song, it's Kill Be Girl. 
has 210 million streams on Spotify is very good. Wow. So, yeah. What, um, what brought you to them? Um, it's kind of like one of those things that show up in your discovery stuff, like when you're listening to other bands and the platform recommends something similar, then you hear one song, then you listen to the rest of their songs, and then you're like, wow, this band is my whole identity for the first two months of the year. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's pretty neat. Here we are. <laughs> so yeah, they're probably going to be up there on my Spotify retro or Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. It's really, really cool. That reminds me of the uh, playlist I've currently been jamming to on Spotify. Because Spotify decided to make me a couple playlists. One of them is called my Goblin Mix. <laughs> the mixes are so good. Uh, I, I give it a 50-50 on the mixes so far. That's fair. That's fair. The mixes can be so good. They also made an instrumental one called uh, Me Plus Yoda. And it's 50% songs that I like and would have selected, and 50% songs they think Yoda would select. Interesting. That's really yeah. funny. So sorry I missed that, but uh, what genre is this uh, Backseat Lovers band? It's like indie rock. Nice. Oh yeah, really good guitar work as well. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go next. Go for it. <laughs> there, gentlemen. We yes. now return to the theaters for another installment of the MCU. Mm. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, I enjoyed it. I would say I enjoyed it more than Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, it's a setup film, so take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's trying to set up some of the stuff because it's technically the beginning of Phase 5. Um, but, as always... Um, Paul Rudd, really great as Ant-Man, as Scott Lang. Uh, they managed to include everybody in the adventure on this one, so it's the whole Ant family. So it's Cassie, and Ant-Man, and Wasp, and Hank Pym, and Janet Van Dyne, and they're all doing the adventure in the quantum realm. And it's pretty fun. Uh, Bill Murray's character, he, he, Bill Murray does pretty good with his character. He's in it for five minutes. Yep. Uh, one of the really fun things about the film was the sci-fi stuff of like, here's all the weird creatures in the quantum realm and here's the weird tech and the civilizations in the quantum realm and the ants. Oh, the ants. <laughs> Literally in like the beginning of the film, uh, there is an ant farm that they have in the science lab basement where they're just like, oh, yeah. These, uh, and, like, Scott's like, oh, are you, are you having them do this? And Nick Pam's like, no, the, the ants are making their own technology. <laughs> so they super intelligence to the ants. Or lay people, what is the quantum realm? Uh, the quantum realm in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is all, what would be referred to as the microverse in the comics. Uh, it is a subatomic world. It's in the first Ant-Man film, 
when he's like, oh, shrinking, and he's like, oh, yeah, and Hank Pym's like, oh, I lost my wife because she shrunk too small. And then at the end of the first Ant-Man film, uh, Scott Lang is fighting Yellow Jacket in his daughter's bedroom, and so he fucks up Yellow Jacket's suit and makes him shrink forever, and then he shrinks into the quantum realm. And then in Avengers, uh, Infinity War, at the end, when everybody, uh, gets dusted, Ant-Man, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, was doing a temporary journey into the quantum realm to collect some data, when everybody got dusted, so he got stuck in there. And then in Endgame, when the rat runs across the cardboard and shoots him back out of the quantum realm, that's when they realize, oh, time travel! Yeah. That's right. So where would you rank it in uh, the current lineup so far? Oh, God. Um, I would put it above the last... I would put it above Thor Love and Thunder. Definitely above Eternals. Above Thor Dark World. Above Iron Man... mm, Above Iron Man 3. I don't think it's as good as the Captain America trilogy. I think the both Black Panther movies have been better. All the Spider-Man movies are better. So it's like mid-low tier. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. It's fun. It sets up a lot of stuff in a really good way. It manages to do the setting up without it just being like, here's a lore info dump on five bajillion new characters you need to know about. That's true. There was only like one new major character. Yep. So brought back some old ones. Yeah, and it like it starts off with a montage that brings back some of the people from a uh, like the first Ant Man. Like I mean, it's in the trailers, but like the Baskin Robbins guy who fires him <laughs> is that giving him an award and like they love him and all that stuff. A lot of. Mm, one of the running themes is that this is early in the movie it's not really spoilers Scott really just kind of wants to keep his head down a little bit like he's saved the world and now he just wants to enjoy the fact that the world is saved um and literally the rest of the people he hangs out with are like no we gotta save the world gotta do the world saving gotta do the thing and he's like guys can we can we just enjoy the pizza can I take a nap? Can I take a nap? Can I enjoy the pizza? Can I eat some cake? Can I enjoy my book tour? That's funny. <laughs> uh, some some people some of the people who watched it didn't like that as much, but I I didn't think it was that like unreasonable for him. Like he fell into superheroing. He was never searching for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has two end credit scenes, so stick around. It sure does. Um, I thought it was pretty good as well. I would probably say mid to low overall as well, but probably the second or third best one in the current phase, or most <laughs> recent phase, if it's yeah. the start of a new phase. Yep. Um... Just, I felt like it was pretty tight. It was, it was kind of short, yeah. Um, but yeah, visually it was very spectacular. 
with all the effects in the quantum realm. Um, the plot made sense. Things felt like they actually happened for a reason rather than just to happen, which was my issue with some of the other movies in this phase. <laughs> yeah. So go see it, James. Okay. Good. What do you got for us? Right. You're going to think I'm insanely pretentious. Um... Like we don't already? <laughs> you sitting up on your Olympus throne, <laughs> spitting yeah, down I'm... those mere mortals as we gleefully oh. sip it up for any amount of moisture and sustenance? It's about to, my throne's about to get higher, and I'm about to spit way more. Um, I am going to recommend... Um, I'm going to recommend the ballet. Um, like, I'm going like to recommend dancing, like yes, in general. Like in general, um, okay. I went to go see a ballet at the uh, New York City Ballet, which is at Lincoln Center, uh, with someone um, who was very kind and it was kind enough to take me, very much so, um, last week, and I absolutely loved it. Now, I know what you're thinking, and it's like, okay, that's great. Um, like, there's no way I could ever, like, afford to go to the ballet. That's where you would be actually wrong. Um, the For two of us to go to the ballet, it was $70, 35 per ticket, which is, that's yes, like, somewhat, somewhat, not it's bad. a little, it's a little expensive, but it's like, yeah, it's like, you, if you ever visit New York and you have some time to plan ahead, I'd say check out the shows. Um, dress nice if you can. Like I went yeah. in like a suit um, and stuff, and it's it's a nice affair to be a part of. And it's uh, it was the first um, ballet I'd ever been to. It's uh, ever in my life. Um, it was uh, the show was um, the Sleeping Beauty, which was really really cool to see. And the thing that I think is really neat is you're kind of like paying for two to three things that are happening all at once. You are paying for, um, one, to hear a classical composer's entire, like, ouvoir or, like, work. Um, like, it's essentially a classical musical concert in one part for about a little over two hours. Um, you're also paying to see a piece of, like, theater that is done by um, actors who are obviously, like, trained and committed. And you're also paying to see a piece of, essentially, like, dance of, of of pure like physical performance um that is like incorporated and you can tell um like just sort of by watching these people on stage how much they've trained how much they've practiced like the shape that their bodies are in and just the whole like setup is just um so amazing to watch like come together scene after scene uh i will say like those the tickets you buy for you know this the 70 70 like two person tickets like we were in like quote unquote nosebleed seats so in the stage um you picture the stage and then you picture those like the seats that are way up high kind of and uh they're they're not like the nice opera box seats but they're low, they're literally you're up against this like side railing that is like to be fair cushion so you can lean your arm on it and you're looking down at the stage um i honestly loved it like i felt like those were actually really like fun seats to see the show from um there's a part of like the stage that is like slightly obscured but it wasn't too much and we were at an angle where it was just really cool to see the performers from like that kind of like 
height because it wasn't like we weren't like super far away like we were just up kind of above them and at like an angle so we could still see the show from like a regular sort of like perspective while getting like ones that other people who weren't at that same level um wouldn't have and overall just really really cool um a really really cool like uh um kind of piece of art to see live and more importantly like you're watching uh not just like a piece of art but like uh the the culmination of some of these people's like lives like take place right in front of you um as they kind of like put everything they have into these dances um it's kind of amazing and i will acknowledge that yeah it's not going to be for everybody like you might go to one and you know like maybe it's just a good show and you kind of like fall in love with it maybe that's what happened with me maybe you go to one and it's like eh, it's okay and and you know you don't go see another one after maybe to go to one and it's just not good at all and you just you know whatever um but i would recommend at least trying to go and see it once it is like unlike and it doesn't have to be the new york ballet even if you have someone in like local theater who's like putting it on once did you really i saw the nutcracker but it was an actual ballet troupe like a traveling troupe yeah like was that in milwaukee uh no where was it where i was living don't dox me don't dox me james oh of course not no but see it's like like i think like go and see it like where you can because i think it's like really really cool um like just to see in general and it made me want to go see more live theater honestly so yeah i should go see more live theater yeah i love it i love seeing like people kind of really just give it give it their all on stage um it's really really cool plus excuse to dress up yeah honestly being able to dress up and like walk around in like a suit or something is like a pretty like oh (laughs) wow i've i've arrived you could just do that if you want yeah it's true but people look at you funny when you go into work and the work dress code is like whatever the fuck you want as long as you're comfortable that's fair and it's it's a rare occasion where you know like sometimes like i feel like it it like you can do that whenever you want sometimes like having a purpose um really fits wearing a suit and uh like people look people already like it would look at me weird if i started wearing polos because i don't normally wear polos so to start wearing a suit and be and be over top it would be kind of cool though an RA suit be kind of interesting no it wouldn't for a director i should say i don't know that's that's fair though don't worry about it (laughs) i know what you do i know what you do i know what you do you i don't if i say it is that doxing you technically or no okay yeah so that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it he um, always has the power to cut it out of the podcast. Will you're he? Assuming no, I want to add it, but he has the power. Yeah. To. <laughs> um. But yeah, I would suggest if whether you've got one going on near you locally, whether you want to go see one in a major city near you, um, you know, uh, or whether you want to like look into it, I would say live. Like, try and go and see it live. 
Um, but whatever you do, um, check it out. Even if you're just reading the article on Wikipedia, um, it's kind of cool. It's a cool art form. So it's a grueling art form. They break their bodies. Yeah, they do. Um, and it's like watching it, you can kind of like understand why and you're like, wow, this is, um, the level of like control that you have to have over like every aspect of your body in certain moments, um, is like insane. And, uh, yeah, I mean, th- those people are like a testament to, um, their craft and they, they deserve the world. So. Cool. Uh, what are we doing for our next segment? Are we going to rewrite or give advice? Honestly, some of, these, uh, some of these advice questions have been building up. Maybe we should go through. Okay. The next one, though, I do want to do. I It's been so long since we've done a rework rewrite. I would oh. love to do well, we can do that one too. For next, for next time, been. though. We're we're getting pretty low on time, but if we That's, if you have something prepped for a rewrite, we can do rewrite. I don't. You know what? I'll come with one next week. There you I'll go. I'll come with one next week. So how to be a better buddy where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week, when dating someone, do you consider a poorly trained dog to be a deal breaker? With the further details, I'm curious what other guys think. This has massively put me off a woman recently, and I'm curious if I am weird in this regard. I don't think that's that weird. I mean, like, you gotta feel safe, and if this dog is threatening you, then, you know, why put yourself in that situation? I don't know if that's the problem here, but... Well, I would also say, like, it's not that weird, too, if poorly trained just means, like, it doesn't listen to anything or like it's not like if it needs to use the bathroom it doesn't let you know and just goes in the house mm-hmm. and the response instead of being like oh yeah we need to continue training is actually like oh it, that's okay this is fine like no everything's fine it's not fine <laughs> Don't. I, animals should not poop on the floor I do think that's like the thing though too is like a poorly trained dog is potentially it's like it seems to be indicative of like somebody who like if you can't train the dog what are you gonna do with a child it's not a well even like what are you gonna do with me I need to be trained (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) I require discipline What if I just go on the floor? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, okay, well, never mind. What are you going to do? Go no, I love that, actually. <laughs> Tell me. Well, the well, the dog does it. You let him do it. <laughs> if he could do it, why can't I? He did it on the carpet. Uh, At least I was nice enough to go on the tile. <laughs> we all just got on a list somewhere. <laughs> Perfect. Um. No, I... I agree, though. I, I I don't know. Like, I I think uh, a poorly trained dog is indicative of it is kind of a red flag, sort of like like if you were going to get a dog, like why wouldn't you be ready to properly handle it? If you saw that you couldn't handle it, why wouldn't you have the maturity to admit this and return the dog? Like, mm-hmm. why haven't you learned how to like train it? in a certain amount of time now if this is like a puppy that you've just gotten like 
a week ago or something. Yeah. But if this is a dog that you've had for like close to a year and it's poorly trained, it's like, hey, this is like a lot of red flags kind of like coming together here. So yeah, I don't know. Like you can only kind of blame the dog like so long, you know? Well, I don't think um, you can even really blame the dog that much. The dog is going to do what a dog does. Dog going to yeah. do what a dog does. And uh, <laughs> if you don't tell the dog what the dog should do, the dog don't know what to do. <laughs> dog. And the dog will do what the dog did. But the person, Dang. person can train the dog, tell the dog, here's what you do. So if you don't train the dog on what to do, it's really not the dog's fault. I completely agree. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very true, right? Like, you got to set boundaries, parameters. Like, dogs, like, we, they do, they do have, like, capacities to a degree for, like, a very crude form of, like, reasoning and, like, emotional intelligence. And I do think they're, like, more intelligent than we sometimes give them credit for but they're also way stupider than we give them credit for too yes. like <laughs> like i know he's not like obviously he's not like super popular but i do think of this bit honestly a lot when i think of dogs and like there is like a louis ck bit where he's talking about like throwing a ball to his dog and like that those times where you'll throw the ball and they'll like run a couple steps and then it's all of a sudden like they've completely forgotten where they are and what they're doing. And they'll like, look back at you and they'll be like, I don't know. What oh, like what? <laughs> you know what that is though? They're what? looking for reassurance from the, the leader of the pack that they're doing the right thing. It's the same reason why when you take a dog out to use the bathroom, it stares at you. It's trusting yeah. you to watch for danger. But well, which is fair, but the problem is too, right, is like he'll he'll talk about how and it depends on the dog's intelligence, but a lot of dogs like um I've had dogs that can do this and I've had dogs that can't. He'll talk about how like you'll you know, you'll be like, Oh yeah, you know, it's over there, the ball's over there, you'll like point and the dog can't like they don't have they literally do not have like the spatial or the like conceptual capacity some of them at the very least to understand that you are what you're doing by pointing is you're like there's an imaginary line going from your finger to where the ball is and that's where they need to like follow that line like to us that's like very simple logic to them that's like a lot of different pieces of like colloquial physical language to like connect and it doesn't always like line up so like we want them to be like sometimes smarter than they are and they're just not which means like we need to like compensate for that if we want to like love them properly you know what i mean and to understand them and i think some people like get a dog and they're like oh this is gonna be like right out of a movie or like you know whatever and it's like they're not ready to like handle like another living being because they've just known it through like a series of abstractions or like representations and it doesn't work like that and if somebody isn't like again either ready for that or ready to deal with like the fallout of their conception of that then that is like that's a it's an opportunity for serious growth but it's also a serious red flag if they haven't been able to get over it um because now it's just not like some abstract thing it's like another living being and if you walk into that situation and you got to kind of like be put in this position of like wow do i tell this person that like they need to get rid of this dog because they don't know how to train it or do i help them is that even right you know i don't yeah, know you could definitely help them yeah, you could. You could. Um, 
that's actually that's a good point that's like you could if you really liked them yeah or if you just wanted to be a really good person like and you could they were open them. to being helped very true yeah that's true very true a lot of constituent factors you gotta meet them where they are you gotta meet the dog where it is and depending it's on how it goes up. you meet the dog without them yeah, yeah this is my dog now <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> You clearly are not training this dog. You are not providing it the home it requires. I shall be taking yeah. it from here on out. It is now my page. I shall I just in this relationship for the dog. <laughs> that just makes me think of like uh, the the SpongeBob episode with like Gary, where Gary latches on a Patrick, and at the very end is like the uh, like maybe one of the most like brutal lines in the series, and I can't remember what exactly it is. So I'm like paraphrasing, but SpongeBob says something like. It's like it turns out Gary just wanted like a cookie in Patrick's pocket, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, he didn't like you. He just liked the cookie in your pocket. <laughs> and it's like, Damn. Just completely Boom. tears one man's relationship apart with an animal. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can pull that if you really wanted to. Our next question. Which historical figures do you look up to the most and why? With the further details, I love reading history and have several historical figures who I look up to greatly for either being great leaders, high achievers, or other values I respect. What are some of your heroes from history? Mm. Big man with a big stick and spoke softly. Big old Teddy Roosevelt. Why is that? Uh, A, his ecological conservation awareness. Uh, B, he was a strong, firm leader without I mean, yeah, he had his issues, right? He's from history. He lived in a time where they still were fucking racist as hell. But, like, in addition to that, he also, like, steered the country pretty okay for the most part. I mean, I don't hear a ton of talk of, like, oh, yeah, Roosevelt fucking sucked because he did this. Like, yeah, the Panama Canal wasn't greatest, but it also gave us the Panama Canal. And he did a lot of work with, like, the national parks and stuff. Dug a big hole in Panama. And we loved him for it. Hell yeah, brother. Exactly. No, he's pretty cool. He's very iconic. Um, you should look up his... If you like him, you should look up his portrait by John Singer Sargent. There's like a great backstory to it. Also, he got shot and kept on going. It's true. It was very true. John, what are your figures? I've never really like... I don't know. That looked up to somebody from history. You know, there were just people that did their thing at their time in the world. Not a fan of like a like a, even a scientist who stuck with you, or like a um, like a random like uh, European fact or something you learned about from like I don't know anything like that. Not really. No, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, they don't, are. don't look at people that way, I guess. I don't know. I don't really like to elevate some people above others. Like some people like to do. You like to elevate yourself <laughs> above, above others. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's me doing John. I'm doing the whole <laughs> John's being the golden boy now. John is boy. far too humble to even suggest that he would be that humble. No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe I guess. <laughs> no. 
that guy stopped. That couldn't be me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> I love that. No, that's very fair. I think um, perhaps, I mean, perhaps genuinely for you, maybe there has been no one yet worth worth remembering. Wow. No, I didn't say that. Are you suggesting <laughs> John was born of the wrong generation? I'm that suggesting... I'm suggesting that there is like there has yet to either be revealed or to come a historical figure who genuinely like matches up with. I'm not even trying to say this in like a backhanded way. I mean, like genuinely, like yeah. I mean, to be fair, like a lot of those historical people are like cool, but they're also like egoists and like massively um, like they're usually monsters. Like if you if you're getting in the history book, like half of your story is definitely written in blood in some way or another, or you may, you you broke a lot of people's hearts or something, you know, I don't know. I'm just waiting for the super Messiah. <laughs> um. In 3d. <laughs> super Messiah. Uh, I just tend not to idolize people. I think for whatever reason. And because of that, I just don't have a historical figure I look up to. I love that. I hope if there the rapture comes or like there's uh some like there is some like spiritual event, it does play out all over the world, like in the sky, like a, a mid two thousands movie trailer. Coming <laughs> in a <next> world. <laughs> in a world. In a world that sucks. Next week. The Rapture in 3D. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, folks. Next week, we rework, rewrite The Rapture. That would actually be kind of fun. I would totally do that. Let's rework or rewrite the Bible. How will we do that instead? (laughs) I've got a few ideas. (laughs) I have some notes. (laughs) Some notes. The angels aren't scary enough. Let's make them weirder. Yeah. Have you seen that um Be Not Afraid, Be More Afraid comic? Um no. no. Okay, let me let me find it. Wait, I haven't answered mine yet. Oh yeah, go ahead. You spent so much time making fun of John. I wasn't making fun of John. You hold me than that piece of of shit. Ten percent, you know? Um and uh my favorite historical figure would be Jesus Christ because I see a lot of myself in him. Uh, no, but <laughs> my actual favorite historical figure, uh, it's actually a duo. It's uh, Socrates and Plato. Um, uh, I thought you were going to say Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Oh, those are those are genuinely not bad ones either. Um, they're pretty cool, but I like Socrates and Plato. I don't know if you can find uh, rarely in history a better like mentor-mentee relationship and um pretty cool uh pretty like a cool pairing of like one of the greatest orators uh ever in human history and his like faithful student who ended up like writing down a lot of what he said and kind of turned out some of the best writing in the western you know all western After literature the Dark Ages. is it true i believe so yes that's why there's a gap between like the friggin trojan war stuff which the, the like the mycenaeans and then there was the dark ages and then there was the greek philosophers as we know them interesting then yes 
then yeah post the greek dark ages um yeah love those guys a lot look up to them quite a bit neat our last question this week man what do you do when your wife makes significantly more than you with the further details in about five years my wife will be making four to ten times what i make if she works full time i make sixty thousand she will be making doctor money Men in similar situations, what did you do? Did you become a stay-at-home dad, keep working and have childcare? Did your wife just work part-time? My dude. You have a non-problem. <laughs> yeah, really. This is what we in the business call a first-world problem. Oh, yeah, seriously. I mean, like... You can literally just do whatever fits your goddamn lifestyle and theoretically not have to worry too much. Said for years, I want some like Kennedy, young like Kennedy heiress to adopt me. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to be noticed. James um, Durham, you left. <laughs> well, like not Kennedy exactly, but like Kennedy esque. You know what I mean? Some kind of the Kennedy. Some, some kind of wealthy young young heiress. You know who need who who wants to be uh, the patron of you know. Uh, a great artist. Um, <laughs> Where is she going to find one? Yeah, it's oh. a great question. Um, well, come to 124 uh, Blankety Blankety Blank Street. <laughs> um, uh, New York, USA. Yeah. New York, USA. No, I mean, okay, to be fair, like, I can see where the awkward stuff will come in because, like, maybe if she's making more money than you, like is maybe if her family's from like kind of money, like that might be kind of like awkward, and that's sort of a um, um only if they're fucking prejudiced, bam. Yeah, but it's it's still something that's like that can be like kind of awkward and sort of puts you in a in a strange position. I would just honestly say like if it makes you like oddly uncomfortable, there's like there's nothing wrong with like I don't think bringing that up to your significant other and not in a confrontational way but just being like honest and being like yeah I'm sorry like I know it's kind of weird it does like it makes me weirdly like this is uncomfortable for some reason through, not something you yeah. have to give everything up for I'm having major deja vu right now I feel like we've said the exact same thing I'm oh, not I'm sure we I have. feel like this question I feel like I like once a year I am seriously feeling like we've had this exact same conversation up to this no. word for word. No, Somebody go back and check the go back and check the tape. I I am ser- I have never felt deja vu like this before. This is bizarre. The real beauty of this podcast is that every 100 episodes is the same. We're trapped in a loop. I can't <laughs> escape. Life is a loop of 365 days. Oh, goodness. Actually, one could just argue that uh, it's really just the same day over and over again, just with minor variations. Okay, Bill Murray. Oh, boy. Somebody go kiss a <laughs> groundhog. Um, yeah, I'm a god. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is that not how no. he got out of the loop? <laughs> just talk. Just talk to your significant other and, you know, see, just express husband. it. Yeah, seriously. Or just, yeah, just lean into it, honestly, right? Work full-time for the fun of it. That means you have 60,000 in fun money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, have a conversation with your spouse, yeah. Yeah. Or don't. If you're gonna have and quit your job. No, no. (laughs) Quit your job, but still pay for the (laughs) childcare. This is a bad idea. (laughs) You're going to clown school. I hope you're ready. 
yeah, wait, you know You're what you can do? You're finally going to pursue that Fushigi juggling career you always wanted. You should work for your wife is what you should do. You should you should ask <laughs> you should ask to be her employee. Nepotism, baby. Yeah, that's kind of hot, honestly. Not well, that's kind of No, it's yeah, Not that might be scribes. Yeah, that might Hot spice damn. things up a little bit, you know? Depends on your dynamic, I suppose, but, <laughs> oh, you know. No. And they good already for have you. children, so, like, really, they, they need to bring that life back into the bedroom. Yeah. I mean, plus it's a, that part is entirely clear. You know, you, you two, uh, yeah, and you two could form, you could incorporate as a small, like, duo, you know, corporation. The nice thing about that loopholes? is it's tax loopholes. Too small for human resources. Wink, wink. No sexual harassment policy. Wink, wink. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Like I, I yep. may make James I may make some japes and jokes James but that's where I draw the line I'm not I, you know what I'm suggesting and what I'm not I suggesting that is not know, James. that is not All right, us well, down here you know on the I, ground don't get to make those kind of jokes James we don't have the power <laughs> you do <laughs> protected from One white day. collar crime by your lofty 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 station <laughs> you're right lofties in there <laughs> it's just lofty so lofty cubes. and it's got it's... a loft <laughs> he's just lofting all over the place wow he drives a lofted car it's fucking loft dude it's that's what we'll start calling car. him one loftillion <laughs> um truly <laughs> truly yeah, but what I'm what saying is, of all time. Uh, you know, work for your wife and uh, just see how that goes. Lot lofted of all time. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh oh. But yeah, I mean, like if you have kids, just do what works best for you. Being a stay-at-home dad sounds kind of appealing in that situation. If it were me, but I'm not you. Yeah, so seriously. Do what works best for the two of you. <laughs> And with that, that wraps our show for the week. Thank you both for joining. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment. Off the album Cross Off yesterday, you can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our Meme Mondays. Our Twitter is at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And tweet at us. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on, or story ideas you want to hear us flesh out. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Yeah, I don't know. Just a bunch of little things just kind of working slowly on being just a little bit better of a person. But better than the rest of us. Nope. Nope. <laughs> getting getting on uh getting on an James even on level. His lofty pedestal. Getting on an even level Dang in ways to that look I down been. on us mere mortals. <laughs> yep. That's yep. me. That's casting us a sideways as he basks in the glory of Olympus. Yeah, don't you know? Don't look directly at me. You might go blind. All right, that's uh, that's that's a warning, you know, from me to you. <laughs> <laughs>